0: We have in Jesus All the sins and griefs to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God in prayer Oh, what peace we often forfeit Oh, what needless pain we bear Oh, because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer Every trials and temptations Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged Take it to the Lord in prayer Can we find a friend so faithful Who will all our sorrows share Jesus knows our every weakness Take it to the Lord in prayer I wandered so aimless, life filled with sin. I wouldn't let my dear Savior in. But then Jesus came like a stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Oh, I saw the light. Oh, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside Praise the Lord, I saw the light Like the blind man wandered a long in worries and fears, I claim for my home. Then Jesus came like stranger in the night. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. Oh, I saw the light, yeah, I saw the light, and no more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the
1: light
0: I was a fool to wander and stray For straight is it, and narrow is the way now I have traded my wrong for the right Praise the Lord, I saw the light Oh, I saw the light, yes, I saw the light Oh, no more darkness and no more night Now I'm so happy no sorrow inside Praise the Lord, I saw the light Praise the Lord, I saw the light
2: Why don't we start by singing this morning uh, hymn number 20 Praise Thou the Lord, O my soul I think we know this one Hymn number 20
3: And a special thank you, Joe, for the prelude. Always appreciated. It's good to see that so many of you made it out this morning again. And uh, also I'd like to bid a special welcome to all those uh, visitors that have come out. And also to those that have tuned in and are watching this service of the Winker Berchtowler Mennonite Church. For them, I am Bill Siemens, your worship leader this morning, and welcome. With a new year before us, which brings with it numerous challenges, uh, the title of today's service, Encouragement for the Race in Life, could be a special interest to most of us. But I also note that the quotes of the week in the bulletin offer encouragement that we are not left here to bear these burdens alone. There is purpose, and for the followers of Christ, an experience of peace beyond understanding. So let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come to you, not only with our praises, but also with our concerns. Thank you, Lord, that your word reveals to us your plans, and while we struggle with them, your promises are a great encouragement and speak to us of your unfailing love. Receive our songs of praise, Lord, and provide us with a receptive spirit as we listen to the reports and messages today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
2: How many of you knew that last song? Oh, some of us. Not very many. (laughs) I hope you know this one. A Mighty Fortress is Our God, number 325. A hymn written by Martin Luther and one with, uh, I think, a really strong text. Pay attention to these words there. Uh, talk about our, our battle in the world uh, against the devil and the powers of darkness and that Jesus Christ is king. Let's sing. stand with me and let's sing Standing on the Promises. It's in your bulletin.
4: On October 19th, the missions committee held our church's annual missions supper. Due to the pandemic, we had to use the drive-through format once again. And being our second time around with the drive-through, we were able to improve on some of the logistics, and we feel it went pretty good. The missions committee, and especially Judy Pauls, our supper coordinator, extends a big thank you to all the volunteers that came out to help make the event a pretty big success. And we also thank those who choose, chose to come out and enjoy the roast beef, the baked potato, coleslaw for supper, and the cookie for dessert. Because of your ger- generosity, we were able to raise $15,000. And with those funds, we gave k and K a a hand with some extra expenses they incurred this last year with their furlough and with the move that they made in their country of service. We sent some money to Kevin and uh, Julia Garrett, who spoke in our church in the fall and are working in China. We helped the Zambia community through Pastor Emmanuel Mainza. And we also supported the Pemna Valley Pregnancy Care, the Pemna Valley Bible Camp, Pemna Valley Counseling, and also Adult and Teen Challenge. Uh, We thank Terry Clausen for documenting the event in photos. And uh, just one more note. uh, For all those that were supporting or had supported John Lepke with his GRADGE project, now the funds are all in place for that to be completed.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, Let's take a look at our church bulletin. We note that in Bethel Hospital are Olga Friesen and Mary Hildebrandt. And uh, I've also learned that uh, Nick Friesen had uh, uh, some stints put in and uh, is recovering. So uh, um, all of these, they greatly appreciate your prayers, and let's continue to remember them in our prayers. And our missionaries for this week are K and K. The uh, committee annual reports are due on January the 14th, that is this coming Friday. So, uh, good thing it's cold outside, you now have time to prepare them and hand them in. And uh, on this coming Tuesday at 9.30 a.m., the women's uh, group prayer group gather here at the church, And on Wednesday at 2 p.m., Bible study on Revelations, led by Pastor Vic. And uh, there will be a ladies and men's Sunday school uh, following our worship service today, right after in one of the rooms uh, here. Also, the scope church planning online assessment are to be completed by... January the 16th, and uh, with the planning sessions scheduled for later in the month, 27, twenty eight and 29th. And uh, I think I will leave the rest of the bulletin for you to review. Uh, with a new year before us and looking forward to the re- revitalization of this church— I am encouraged by the number that registered to participate. And also that about half of those are already serving in various committees. So that uh, should be in good hands. Uh, you know, I'm reminded of King David's vision for the rebuilding of the Lord's Temple. The NIV Student Bible comments that the book of Chronicles was written to help the Israelites get in touch with what Israel had once been and could become again. So I have chosen Chronicles 28, verse 20, as a message of encouragement. Chronicles 28, verse 20. David also said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and courageous, and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Oh, those are my words of encouragement to you on that. So let's uh, pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are near and always hear our prayers. We bring before you Olga and Mary in hospital, and also Nick uh, Friesen, and we ask that your healing hand and comfort be upon them. We bring before you K&K. Give them your guidance as they share of your great love and forgiveness in the mission field where they serve. We pray that your presence be with Pastor Vic and Eileen as they lead the Sunday school classes and with Pastor Dean as he ministers to us here today and to the many listeners to this service. To you, Lord, be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Lately I've been learning uh, about country music history and some of the gospel singers... Uh, One of them is Jimmy Martin, and this is a song that he wrote. Once my soul was astray from the heavenly way I was wretched and vile as could be But my Savior in love gave me peace from above When he reached down his hand for me when he reached down his hand for me, when my Savior reached down his hand for me, oh, I was lost and undone without my God or his Son. When he reached down his hand for me. near to despair when he came to me there and he showed me that I could be free then he lifted my feet gave me gladness complete when he reached down his hand for me when he reached down his hand for me Savior reach down his hand for me. Oh I was lost and undone without my God or his son. When you reach down his hand for me is when my savior reach down his hand for me.
5: Good morning. Take your Bibles, with if you have them with you, and today's scripture reading will be James 1, verses 1 to 12. That's James, chapter 1, verses 1 to 12. Jesus, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve scribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Trials and temptations. Consider it pure joy, my, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances, are to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossom falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is a man who per- perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Thus far, the reading. Good morning.
6: This past summer, my cousin Joan was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. In August, she had surgery, and the report came back that the cancer was removed. Clear sailing ahead. Then in late December, Joan had an appointment with her doctor who told her the bad news. Cancer had returned, and she had now eight months left to live. I talked with Joan on the phone. She said in a peaceful, calm voice, Now it's just me and the Lord, and there is no one else who can help. Both Joan and her husband Warren are very strong, dedicated believers who have gone through many different types of trials, tribulations, and testings. She has learned that God is a rock and anchor through all, all of them. She told me that she was ready to go and that she knows the Lord will carry her through. This morning we want to continue our study in the book of James entitled Encouragement for the Race in Life. Or we could say it in another way, Encouragement for the Journey that Lays Before Us. Because there is a journey that lays before each of us as we walk with the Lord. And sometimes the journey is on warm, peaceful, calm waters where one can enjoy the sun's warmth, the spectacular scenery around, and the sweet fellowship of others. It's really a beautiful picture. And then out of nowhere comes the storms, gusting, howling winds, Roller coaster waves, drenching surfs, and you wonder if you're going to come out of this alive. That is why we need encouragement and an anchor. That's why we need to turn to the only source that there is, which is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ himself. This morning we want to continue with part two of the message from last week entitled, Winning in the Mists of Trials. Because in the midst of our trials, they seem many times to drag us down. But yet when we walk with the Lord, there's a difference that takes place within our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we realize more than ever how dependent we are upon you. Often we run before you, ahead of you. We like to choose the course often until trials And problems and difficulties come. And then we realize we are insufficient. That we have to cry out to you. We have to come before you. For you are the one who guides. You are the one who gives us our strength. You are the one who stands by our side. When all hell breaks loose in this world. I pray, Father, now you'd give us new understanding. How we can win in the trials of life, with you by our side. For this we pray. Amen. Last week we looked at the first point, really, of winning in the midst of trials, and that was number one, by following the example of others. And let me just recap that a little bit. Follow, by following the examples of others in verse 1, because we looked at the background of James, we looked at the background of his brothers and how they finally came to know Christ at the end of their lives. The author of the book of James is the brother of Jesus. It is interesting to see that Jesus' brothers did not believe that Jesus was the Son of God until after the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was then that they placed their faith in him after they witnessed Jesus coming back to life again. They believed that he was the Messiah then and they put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. Thus James is an excellent exa- example to follow because his life was transformed when he placed his faith in Christ. a matter of fact we went over and we looked at what his life was like. He became the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem and scholars believe that Actually, that church grew to over a hundred thousand people before it was scatter, scattered and dispersed across the Roman Empire. And James wrote this encouragement letter to these believers now who were scattered, to encourage them in their times of troubles and their hardships. James focused on, was on Christ. And if we're going to win in the midst of our trials, it's only going to be because we are depending upon Christ and walking with Him the same way that James walked with Jesus. So now we come to this morning's um, encouragement of winning in the midst of evils, number two, in the midst of trials, number two, by understanding the benefits of trials, verses two through four by understanding the benefits of trials. I wonder whether there is anyone here this morning who enjoys going through trials or difficulties. Do I see any hands? We don't. We don't. Yet this is precisely what James tells every early believer in verse 2 when he says, consider it pure joy consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance close quote notice that James affectionately calls them brothers he knows what it's like to go through trials. He knows what it's like to experience difficulty and pain. And now he encourages this church that is scattered abroad. Trials come in various shapes, sizes, and colors to everyone. And matter of fact, you experience trials a little bit different, and your trials are different than the person maybe perhaps sitting next to you or down a little bit farther, but their trials and their hardships. First, we live in a fallen world. Believers and non-believers naturally face hardships such as health issues, loss of loved ones, workplace issues, financial crises, strained relationships, emptiness, loneliness, and inner peace, and no inner peace, and the list goes on. And you may say, well, Believers shouldn't face really emptiness and loneliness and no inner peace. Yes, they do. When they cease to walk with the Lord. When you cease to put him aside. Then confusion comes into our lives. And that's why God allows the tribulations and trials to come back to push us into his arms once again. Second, as followers of Christ, there is pressure from the world and demonic forces to silence the believers. Yes, they want to silence the believer. Satan doesn't want the gospel going out. And you and I are the best advertisements that the Lord has. Well, people see Christ in us. And Christ and the and Satan would like to silence every believer. Third, as believers, we deal with our fallen nature, and when we sin, we face the consequences. We deal with our fallen nature on a regular basis, and it 's always submitting either to ourselves, our nature, or to christ and we 're not walking clo- when we don 't not walk close with christ it 's easy just to fall and make ourselves happy and do what we want, as opposed to yield ourselves to Christ. There will be hardships, difficulty, tribulations, trials and storms and testings no matter where you are or what you do. However, James says that believer, that the believer is to consider this pure joy when they fall into situations like this. Not because of what they, these situations are, but because of what God can go, do through them. Anyone can be joyful when they have just been told they've inherited $10 million. Or one gold on the Olympic team, or their song has hit number one. Or one son or daughter has graduated with honors. Or maybe perhaps you or one of your children or grandchildren has risen to a high place within a company and they've got promoted. It's easy to be joyful, to be happy. But it's a different story when it's the opposite way around. Two things happen when trials, storms, and tribulations come, and the believer endures them with the strength of the Lord. First, it's the Lord who gets the glory, because people say, how can you go through that? And the answer is, I can't. The answer is that you can't. The answer is that only Jesus has allowed me to go through this. Second, according to verse four, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. So what is James saying? Maturity in the believer's life is what James wants to see. Maturity in the believer's life is what Christ wants to see. So, when Christians' professions match his actions, meaning perseverance, they become mature. Faith is constantly being tested. Our faith is constantly being tested with trials. The storms and the tribulations that come. When things are good, we can all have a superficial faith. But when the hardships come, we are then pressed into the arms of God because sometimes we have no other way to go. Have you been there? Have you been in a place where the problems are so great? There's no one left to help you. You've gotten all the advice from everyone else. You've looked for all the different methods, how to solve the problem, and there are no answers. And it is only then, hey, we better try God. He becomes like our spare tire. We'll use him if we need him. But if we don't need him, we won't use him. John MacArthur puts it this way when he says money doesn't buy people out of their problems. Although it may solve some economic ones, when you lose a daughter, a son, a wife, or a husband, it doesn't matter how much money you have. No amount is going to buy you out of such a trial. Whether to the poor or rich, trials come into life to help humbly recognize Help us humbly recognize the resources are only in God. Really, our resources only in God. Only in him. Close quote. So trials are an instrument that God uses in a believer's life to draw him or her closer to himself. That is why James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many times, many kinds. Not too often do I face trials and I consider them pure joy. I think of how to get out of those trials. Maybe you do the same. Maybe you embrace them. Maybe they are joy, but they should be joy to us as believers because God is by our sides and he has promised that he would never forsake us or leave us. He is with us each step of the way. This now brings us to our third principle of winning in the midst of trials. Number three, by crying out to God. Yes, by crying out to God. Verses five through eight. The question is, when you have trials, problems, and hardships, where is the first place that you go, and to whom do you go? James says in verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him by asking. And how many times do we really ask, do we really seek God's wisdom and his advice and ask for his wisdom? May I repeat this? As believers, we often do not go to the Lord in prayer first when we go through trials. Instead, we go to everyone else or every other option, every other method. First, we make that the priority. James is writing to believers who had this problem with their prayer, and when we read through the book, we find exactly what is happening. We find this in the letter in James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Let me read chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 for you if you have your bibles turn that james chapter 4 verses 1 through 3 it's interesting how he is talking to them and the whole book ties together what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they come from your desires that battle within you You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Close quote. Then, just moving on a little bit farther in the book, James talks more about prayer in chapter 5, verses 13 and 15. Actually, it would go to 18, but I'll read only 13 and 14. It says Is anyone of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord." Close quote. It is clear the first place where when the first place to go when we are having problems is to the Lord in prayer. Then when we ask for wisdom on dealing with an issue, God will give us wisdom generously without finding fault. Notice in verse 5 of chapter 1 that James does not tell them to ask for strength or grace or even deliverance when a person is going through trials. You would think that James says, well, ask for strength. Ask for grace, more grace. Or ask for deliverance that you wouldn't have to go. The reason is that no one wants to go through trials. But trials are God's instruments that he uses to bring us to maturity. We cannot exist without them. We cannot grow in our faith without problems and difficulties. We would become lax. We would become limp. We would have our own way. The sooner we understand this, the sooner we will accept trials with joy. Trials with joy as we see God working in them to bring us to maturity and to glorify himself. And when we trust in him, we have true joy. Warren Worsby tells this story. An associate of mine, a gifted secretary, was going through great trials. She had had a stroke. Her husband had gone blind. And then he had been taken to the hospital where we were sure he would die. I saw her in church one Sunday and assured her that I was praying for her. What are you asking God to do, she asked. And her question startled me. I'm asking God to help you and strengthen you," I replied. I appreciate that," she said. "But pray about one more thing. Pray that I'll have the wisdom not to waste all of this." She knew the meaning of James chapter 1 verse 4. God, listen, this is so important God is not punishing us through our trials and tests but rather God wants to bring us to maturity 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 in the earthly realm means a child becoming independent from his or her parents that's what maturity means in the earthly realm we want our children to become independent, to be, be eventually on their own, make their own decisions. Maturity in the spiritual sphere means growing in dependence upon God and not running before him, but listening to his heart, understanding God, relying on him more than ever before. And with each step we take and the older we get, it's becoming more and more like Christ because we are dependent him upon him are you and i becoming more dependent upon the lord as we go through the trials he brings and allows in our lives he brings trials he allows trials for a purpose it's in his divine plan and we fight it and one of the reasons why we fight is because we hate trials And we hate testings. Now we come to the fourth and last principle of winning in the midst of trials. By surrendering to God's will. Verses 9 through 12. By surrendering to God's will. Number 9, verse 9. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position but one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. Like a For the sun rises and scorches the heat and withers a plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Close quote. When the church would gather together to worship, both the rich and the poor were there fellowshipping together. Both had trials and both needed wisdom. Warren Worsby says, Trials remind the poor that they are rich in the Lord and therefore can lose nothing. Trials remind the rich that they dare not live for the rich for riches or trust in them. We have to remember he is not trying to pit the poor against the rich. In the scriptures we find both, and God works through both. We find that through Abraham, David, Solomon, and many of the other individuals in the Old Testament, as well as in the New, people were wealthy, and God used them mightily. And at the same time we look at a cross and we see people who were poor, Both need to be be dependent upon the Lord. There is a position for both individuals, and God wants to work in their lives, and it is through trials and tribulations. This can only happen as each surrenders to God. What is the result if we surrender and persevere under trials? What is the result? This is it. It's found in verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Close quote. When we persevere, listen closely. When we persevere, this shows that our faith is in God and that we are depending upon him to carry us through the trials. That's all about perseverance, and it's about where our faith is. As we go through trials, there is joy in our life because God is with us every step of the way. The crown of life is both present and futuristic, If we have surrendered our lives to Christ now, eternal life has begun for us already. But it is also futuristic, because in heaven, there are many crowns that will be handed out, and one of them is the crown of life. And that is for everyone who is pursuing and persevering. It's not that they're doing it on their own, but they're doing it through faith in Christ. In summary, James points out that it's not a question of if trials come, but when they come. And they're coming. And you've heard the old saying, either we're in a trial right now, or we're coming out of a trial, or we're going in a trial. And we're always in one of those positions. So now is the time to get ready by spending time in prayer and in God's word and asking him for wisdom daily. I like what Bill said already. If you're going to get some things done, now is the time to get it done in regards to this winter. If we're going to fill out some of those things, it's time to get our reports in now. When is the time to get ready for the trials and the tribulations. Not when you're in the midst of it. You can do some of that, but before you enter. Now is the time, as we spend time with God, we always have the choice on how to respond to a trial or hardship. But we need God's strength to go through it and to learn from it. Because unless we go through it and learn from it, the trial does not bring us to maturity. And God wants us to be mature and lacking in nothing. I close with this short writing from Ellison Waller. She says this, You're holding a cup of coffee When someone comes along and bumps into you or shakes your arm, making you spill your coffee everywhere. Why did you spill the coffee? Well, because someone bumped into me, of course. Wrong answer. You spilt the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in the cup, you would have spilt tea. Whatever is in the inside of the cup is what will spill out. Therefore, when life comes along and shakes you, which will happen, whatever is in the inside will come out. And it's easy to fake it until you get rattled. So we have to ask ourselves, what is in my cup? What's in my cup? When life gets tough, what spills over? Is it joy, gratefulness, peace, humility? Or is it anger and bitterness and harsh words and reactions? You choose. You and I choose. Today, let's work towards filling our ta- cup with gratitude with forgiveness, with joy, with words of affirmation, of kindness and gentleness and love for one another.
2: Let's take our hymn books and turn to number 386. I think this is a good closer to what we've just heard. This is a call for us to love each other. Let's listen to these words.
6: Let us stand together as we close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pause before you. We thank you once again for the strength you give us, your grace and mercy. And at the same time, you do not let us just walk away from our trials. You have brought them for a purpose. I pray you would help us understand more clearer than ever before that when we trust you in these hardships and difficulties, that we grow in your likeness. We pray, Lord, that we would become mature, fitted for heaven. We thank you for the salvation you have already brought on the cross. We thank you that you have called us to yourself. But, Lord, we now pray, mold us into what you'd have us, even through the hardships. For this we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says this to the church at Philippi. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You may be seated. You can go in the peace of the Lord.